Welcome to the fourth episode of Key Players. In the last episode, we learned about the meaning of leadership. After learning that leadership is all about service, I put a different mindset into the way I was doing things in college. In my senior year of college, I had the amazing opportunity to become the student body president. The guest on this podcast today is Dr. Linda Blyken, president of Armstrong State University. She became a great mentor in my life during my time as a college student. In this episode, we talk about her leadership philosophy and we share some fun stories during my time at Armstrong. Enjoy this interview. Hi, Dr. Blyken. Welcome to the fourth episode of Key Players. How are you? I am great, Andy. I hope you are. Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Very, very honored and very happy to be here with you. Thank you. So, uh, Dr. Blyken, um, I met you since I was a freshman at Armstrong State University here in Savannah, Georgia. But uh, you became a big key player in my life uh, when I became the student body president of, of Armstrong, which was a wonderful experience for me. Uh, through that, I had the pleasure to have one-on-one -on -one meetings with you and learn a lot about your leadership philosophy and also of who you really are as a person, and um, which is very interesting because uh, I have met many leaders that put different faces when they're in game phase and also as a person, but you're this wonderful individual who are just, you're just the same all across the board, which is awesome. And uh, I have learned many things from you, but, uh, but before I, I start asking many questions, um, what do you remember from the time that you met me or when I was SGA president? What do you remember from that Andy of a few years ago? <laughs> I remember being so pleased that you were going to be our SGA president because just as you didn't know me very well, I didn't know you very well. Right. And I thought, what a great opportunity uh, because it was, not, it was not necessarily expected. And, uh, <laughs> and so what a, what a key surprise that was, I think, for you, but also for me as well. And so when, when we met, uh, I was so struck from the very beginning at how positive you were. There is no one who encounters you, Andy, who doesn't walk away really feeling better. <laughs> uh, it is your smile, but it's also just your genuine way of being with people. So, so from the very outset, it was delightful for me to have the opportunity to meet with you every week, or every month, <laughs> yeah. about every week, I think, actually. Right. We'll yes. run into each uh -huh. other all the right. time. Wow, that's wonderful to hear. Um, Dr. Blacking, I, I admire you for, for many reasons. Um, uh, coming to America, you know, um, I came to America knowing not many things about life. Mm -hmm. And um, having the opportunity to become the student body president was, um, was really big for me, it really shaped me as a person, as an as a, as a leader. And the interesting thing is that, and I, I mentioned it in the previous episode, I really didn't know what leadership was all about. And, uh, and uh, I, I didn't know that leadership was about serving others, about inspiring people, sharing a common vision. And, um, but I learned a lot of those things through my presidency at Armstrong. And, uh, but I learned a lot of things from you as well, uh, the way you carried yourself the way that you talk with so much eloquence with people and so much diplomacy. So I remember seeing you giving different speeches at Armstrong or at different events in the community. And I would always, 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 always observe very well your gestures, your, the way you will communicate uh, body language and things like that. And I will try to 
do the same when I would be speaking at different events. And I think that after observing you a lot for many months, I started becoming better at speaking in public because I used to be, well, first of all, English is not my first language. So I would be really nervous and, um, and I didn't really know how to talk to people in public and, and so many people at the same time. And I was representing at that time 7,000 students. So I learned a lot from you on, on, on that, I guess, that way to carry yourself as a leader. So, so with that being said, um, as, as Armstrong's president, did you ever think that you were going to become the president of a university one day? Or what inspired you to get into academia and, and do what you're doing today? Well, first of all, the answer to your question, <laughs> did I ever think I would be a president of a university? Absolutely not. Um, and in fact, when, you, when you're remarking uh, about public speaking, I have to tell you, I was the most shy and timid student when I was in elementary and high school. Oh, wow. And it was only when I got to college that, that uh, I forced myself to learn to speak in public. Oh. And so it has been, it has been one of those journeys um, of, of challenging myself and, and just getting better at it. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never think so. In my mind, Dr. Blyken always spoke like that. <laughs> no, no. And, and, you know, so when you talk about how you developed as, as an SGA president, uh, that is that is so important for me to to know that you recognize that in yourself because I recognized it in you as well. Oh, and wow. I think what happens um, and certainly happened with you was that you knew that there were certain things that you wanted to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And so you worked very hard to make sure that you accomplished those. And as you were working hard, to learn how to speak well in public or to learn how to share a vision articulately with others, you grew as a leader and you probably didn't even realize some of that growth that was going on. Uh, but the rest of us who were watching, we saw it. <laughs> That's actually very true. And it's mm -hmm. interesting because um, it, it got to points that people will tell me, Andy, that was a really good speech or you carried that problem that you had very well. And, uh, and that was really good feedback because mm -hmm. for me, I was just trying to do my best. But at the same time, I, you, sometimes you don't know until people pointed at you. Mm -hmm. um, something that I remember that always stay with me and it will stay with me forever is that, of course, as an SGA president, there will be a lot of you know, or a little bit of politics. Sometimes you cannot always please everybody. And one day, since I am this person who I have always been I always want to make people smile and I always want to make sure everybody's happy. It got to a point where I would make different decisions that I would think would be in the best interest of the whole student body, but not everybody will be happy. And uh, I remember in one of our meetings, I was, I was just feeling a little sad about that because I just felt like, ah, oh, it's impossible sometimes to make everybody happy. And I asked you a question and I said, Dr. Blyken, how do you deal with those things when you realize that not everybody will be talking or, or like smiling at you at the same time. Some people will smile, some people don't. And you said something that was, it just blew my mind. And you said, well, Andy, when you wake up in the morning, uh, look at yourself in the mirror. And if you see a person of integrity, a person that is standing for what you believe on, then, um, then you should be able to sleep at night. 
And uh, that was wonderful because then I started applying that in my life. I would wake up every morning, look at myself in the mirror and say, well, I was not looking very nice. I just woke up. But I would be asking myself, am I a person of integrity? And if the answer was yes, then wonderful. If the answer was no, probably there was something I needed to do better or at least some things I needed to address in, in my own development as a leader. And that was awesome. So my question, Dr. Blackie, now for you is, Tell me a little bit about your leadership development. Have you had any key players in your life that have helped you have that philosophy that you have inspired me and I'm sure you inspire many people, but tell me about those people that have inspired you in your life. The first person who inspired me was very convenient. Uh, it was my father. Oh. And my father was a person of great integrity and, and all I had to do growing up was to watch him and I could learn many, many things about how I hoped to be as a person. I don't know that I could have said that to you when I was 10 years old <laughs> or 15 years old, but by the time I was in college, I knew what a great influence he was in my life. So he was certainly uh, one of the first. One of the, the seconds was uh, my doctoral advisor when I was in, when I was in graduate school. Uh, he was a great mentor. He was someone who was a great encourager. I, I can remember many times feeling down, and he would sort of, you know, slap me around <laughs> a little bit, and I don't mean really, but, but he would just kind of say, okay, let's think about what it is you're trying to do. Okay. Keep your eye on what it is you're, you're going to do and how you're going to get there, and let's not think about the whole mountain. Let's think about it one step at a time. Mm. And so he was a great encourager and certainly someone who, even today, uh, we still remain in contact. Wow. So certainly, certainly he was one. And then my first academic job, uh, yeah. my first dean, uh, yeah. also some, someone who uh, grew to be not only my boss, but ultimately a good friend. Uh, and to this day, remains a good friend. And so I think there are key people largely related to my work life who have who have been very critical, but certainly that key person at the very beginning who had such a role in shaping my life, my dad. Wow, that is wonderful. And um, now you said there have many people also as well. So there has been your dad and, and um, people in academia. So tell me a little bit about your um, journey in the world of academia. Did you always knew you wanted to go for a PhD. What, what was the degree that you ended up getting and, and now where you're here now? Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about that journey. Well, let me tell you <laughs> how, how it started okay. because as I said, my dad was a great influence. My father, uh, although he did not graduate college, was determined that all of, the, all of my, brother, my brother and my sisters and I would go to college. And I had six sisters and one brother and we oh, all wow. went to college. Whoa, so, that's wonderful. Yeah, it was, it was a big deal. <laughs> but I started out in college, and then I took a detour. I, I, got, uh, I got married very young, had two children, and I was living a marvelous life uh, in the suburbs with two children and a nice husband, and suddenly my, my husband um, became very ill. He uh -huh. had cancer, and, uh -huh. so, um, and so he did not survive. Mm. Uh, I had two young children. And at that point, um, following his death, 
I said, my goodness, you know, I am going to have to support these two kids. We're going to have to move on. Right. And uh, so I said, what What am I going to do? And I yeah. went back to college. Huh. I got my degree and uh, went to work in marketing research. And then um, ultimately, in doing that, uh, found my way back, back to the university and uh, got my Ph.D., you know, a lot of a lot of twists and turns in the middle of that, but uh, but very very fortunate to have, you know, to have that happen. And the other great thing that happened along the way, which was a great influencer and also someone who has been a great motivator in my life, I met my second husband, Carl. And Carl has been my cheerleader, my champion, my friend. You know, just the best best person anyone could possibly want to have in their life and and continues to this day. So, wow. you know, one of the things that, that I often say to people who ask me, don't, you know, don't let something that seems life-ending uh, be the end of your life because right. there is, there's another pathway. And the main thing to do is to look to the people who are important to you because very often they're the ones who will hold out a hand and say, okay, come on, you can do this. Right. Wow, Dr. Blakey, what, <laughs> what an inspiring story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's, wow, that's impactful. Mm. Wow, I, uh, I'm sure that will impact many people that will <laughs> listen to this podcast as well. Um, from that, um, now that... Talking about Dr. Blyking now, now in the present time nowadays, mm-hmm. um, you're a really busy lady. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so my question for you is that as a leader, as a manager, all the hats that you play and many other things, you are also very involved in the community. Um, how do you manage your time? What what is your routine? How, how does how do you how do you manage your, or what is the routine of Dr. Blyking on a daily basis or, or a, on a weekly basis? How, how do you make sure that uh, you're able to do your best as a leader in everything that you're doing every day? How do you manage your time or, or your life management, I guess, in general? Well, the first, first important thing is to surround yourself with great people. Yeah. And uh, so I have, as you know, I have wonderful people who are in leadership roles here at the university, and they are people who I trust, uh, who are excellent in their work. And so very often, the great things that happen are not my work. They are the work that these good people Mm -hmm. are doing. I have, as you also know, a wonderful chief of staff, um, Dr. Amy Heaston, and a highly capable executive assistant, Trina Smith. And so, you know, when you talk about how do you stay organized and how do you get things done, it is, it is really, in many ways, trusting those people right. who have been, who have stepped in and said, okay, I am going to take this journey with you. We're going we're gonna to all walk down this pathway together. And trusting them to do um, very well the roles that, that they have. And sometimes trusting them to do something beyond the roles that they might think are their own. And, and one of the things that, that I have learned over the years is that people will often stretch far beyond what either they or you 
might have originally thought they could do, um, particularly if if they're inspired to uh, to move in those directions. Wow, that is that is beautiful. Um, what um, what role played the students in your life in in your motivation of of, of what you do? You know, there are many days, um, and and this this I will tell you, but there are many days that it would be very hard for me to um, to say yes, I am going to keep going wow. if it were not for students. Um, yeah. And there are many times because there there are disappointments, um, as you can imagine, they yeah. they come from internally internal to the organization, they come from external, but. Whenever I get really down, I say, okay, I am going to take a walk across campus and I'm going to say hi to some students, and that's what I do. Mm. Um, it reminds me of why I chose this life right. uh, and why I continue in this life because in a real way, uh, it what happens in the future is so dependent upon, upon you. Yeah. And... So to be a part of that, to have the honor of, of actually knowing and to some small degree perhaps shaping that future through you is the greatest thing that anyone could hope for. Right. Wow. I love that. How inspiring. Well, and that speaks for how inspired I was or I have been by you for, for many years. Uh, but since I remember since I was a freshman, I was not even thinking about getting involved into leadership opportunities on campus because I just didn't know they existed. Or, mm -hmm. or coming from Costa Rica, I just didn't know you had these things in America. And um, I always admire you, always. From far away, I would see you. And I said, Dr. Blyken, she's a cool lady. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, you say these words, and now I know that why. You know, <laughs> there has to be a reason why Does you get that good sense of people. Do you remember the the talk that you did for, I think it was a student orientation session where you brought your your suitcase. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> I I did not get to see that in person, but right. someone in the audience uh, did a video of it, and it was one of the greatest greatest experiences. And so, when if you want to talk about stories, yes, yes, <laughs> Mr. Cavistan, you have a story. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember that. Um, I was invited actually by Dr. Lewis, who mm -hmm. is the uh, vice president of student affairs. And um, he asked me to give a, we had an open house and mm -hmm. he asked me to talk about my story. So in my story, it has definitely been a journey. And you know, I came from Costa Rica, went to North Georgia, and then came down here to Savannah. So I thought a really good way to illustrate that story was just to bring a suitcase to the stage. And when I showed up to the day of my speech, there were, I guess, around probably close to 500 people in the auditorium. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dr. Lewis uh, saw me coming with a suitcase, and he said, Andy, what do you have that suitcase for? And I said, well, you need to wait, and you're going to see what I'm going <laughs> to use it for. So um, I ended up giving my, pretty much telling my life story, and, and the, I used the suitcase to move across the stage to illustrate moving from different parts um, mm -hmm. of really, well, from Costa Rica to America and just to different areas, and, and that that presentation was was uh, was very meaningful for me because um, I was graduating that semester. It was my my last semester of college, and just being able to share my story and not just about moving to America, but also just sharing the impact that this university has made in my life. 
that was wonderful. And, and it was really cool because afterwards, many people uh, talked to me and said, Andy, uh, that was a great story. I think my daughter is going to come to this school, or I think my son really will come to this school because you really inspire us through that mm -hmm. speech. So that was really, wow, that made a huge impact it was, in my it life. Was a, it was a beautiful speech, but to me, the thing that you demonstrated that day uh, and reminded me and the audience of was the fact that you had so much courage. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's, you know, it's well known that a student who goes to college often is is taking that first step away from his or her family, and so that's pretty, it's pretty tough to do. Yeah. <laughs> but for you, you took such a huge step away from from your family and everything that you had grown up with. And came to a whole different country, and then pretty much forged your own path. <laughs> and it it was just it's a phenomenal story of courage. And so it is one of those where when you talk about how do we how do people learn, well, we all learn from one another. And so to me, that day when I watched <laughs> that video of your story, I thought whoa, uh, I can learn a few things about courage from, oh, wow. from you. Thank you, Dr. Biden. <laughs> and, and that's something that I thought that was the most difficult thing I would do in my life. But then after I graduated, I decided to become an entrepreneur. So again, I had to put my <laughs> courage hat because there is no guarantee that success will come. You just have to hope for the best, work really mm -hmm. hard, and surround yourself by really good people. Mm -hmm. And you to do. this day, that's what I'm doing. Right. There, there's one story, Dr. Viken, that I know you used to mention a lot and, uh, about me a few years ago. And was, do you remember that speech I gave at the Johnson Square downtown Savannah? <laughs> yes, Would you share I do. with us? Because I know you enjoyed that story. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. We, we were having such a joyous day. It was our Paint the Town Maroon celebration where we went back back to our roots uh, in downtown Savannah. Right. And you were sharing with the audience um, your story and, and getting everybody revved up. And as I right. recall, you asked everyone to do the Armstrong cheer. And you got them going and they were doing the cheer. And then you said, now, wait just a minute. I want, I want you to do the cheer again. But this time, I'm going to turn my back. So you're going to have to do this on your own because I want to take a selfie with you <laughs> in the background. And it's such a wonderful shot. It is. And such, I, I think everyone was so delighted by your naturalness that day, <laughs> but your enthusiasm. I was so excited. Yeah. It, it really was. It, it was. it was a great day. Yeah. It was a beautiful day, too, as I recall. It was a beautiful mm -hmm. day. Yeah, I know. And I treasured that selfie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really fun selfie. It's one of those things you can show your grandchildren. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and your children. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Dr. Bliking, um, before we wrap the interview, just one last thing I want to, uh, one last story. I remember a few days before my graduation, my parents came from Costa Rica to see me graduate from an American school, which was, wow, it was it is a very big deal for us in Costa Rica. I come from middle-class family in Costa Rica. Not many people have the opportunity to come to a school in America and have the quality of education that uh, this wonderful country offers. And, um, and you took time of your day to meet with my parents in person and, and just have a really fun conversation. And actually, even Mr. Carl came, your <laughs> husband, to say hello. And... Uh, and my parents were, wow, they, I remember walking with them, uh, showing them Armstrong, the school, 
and uh, and the fact that right literally 30 minutes after they uh, landed here in Savannah, I brought them here to to your office, and they were so delighted. They had such a really good time. It was a great day, and and here's a secret for you. Uh, Carl and I both love to meet the parents of students. We learn so much about why a student is is the person that they are. And the day that I met your parents, I thought, okay, now I get it. I understand why Andy is a self-confident and outgoing and just a lovely person <laughs> because that is who your parents are. And they clearly love you so much. And that is probably the best, the best fuel that any family can give a child um, is just to know that no matter where they go, no matter what they do, um, they will have their family right there beside them, behind them, with them all the way. That is very true, mm -hmm. Dr. Viking. Wow, that's very mm -hmm. true. Well, it, it has been a pleasure to have you uh, in my podcast. I'm honored and I'm going to treasure this forever. <laughs> and I, I, just, I thank you so much for being here, Dr. Blakey. Thank you very much, Andy. It is my honor to do this and always a pleasure to talk with you.